everybody <laughs> welcome to episode 75 of the handsome hockey podcast i am jake and across from me is the ever debonair evan evan you can use my name that's fine or i don't know cut it whatever i don't care i'm not cutting anything this is we're just i'm just putting it out there and we're we're gonna you know warts and all uh we are coming to you from lovely drunk with excitement portland oregon because we might get a wnba team apparently it's fun i'm excited yeah yeah I, we need need a women's team to kind of battle the thorns for women's sports supremacy here in the rose city so yeah and also um pick up that ball that they fumbled like <laughs> a little bit <laughs> But uh, that's that's a podcast probably for another day. Yeah, and probably for I, mean, I don't give a shit about basketball. So like, people, did you see the thing that the guy did? No. <laughs> yeah, like I'll probably go to a game. Oh yeah, have them. Like it will be cool. I'll go to sporting events. Mm-hmm. I'll go to basketball games. Yeah, but while I'm there, I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, right. You know what else is cool? But Horvat got traded. Yeah, he uh, got himself off the sinking ship that is the Canucks. And onto a maybe faster sinking ship than his. Yeah, <laughs> but at least it's in a different ocean. Yeah. And, like, the seafood's arguably better on the East Coast. Uh, so Depends he got traded style. from uh, to the Long Island Islanders uh, and uh, but still skated as a Canucks representative in the All-Star game, which was both cute and awkward. And uh, I feel like appropriate too, honestly. Yeah, sure, a- a- absolutely appropriate. He made the All Star game as, as a Canuck. Canuck, so yeah. Um, the trade was for Anthony Beauvillier, Artu Roddy, and this year's first round draft pick of the Islanders that is protected, I believe, in the top twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it and if it ends up in the top twelve this year, they default it to twenty twenty four. They have a choice technically, but like, why wouldn't you right, take yeah. the better pick? I mean, unless they just like really hate who's ever at 12. Yeah. So fuck this guy in particular. <laughs> fuck these six fish in particular. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anthony Bavillier of looking like a human Bratz doll fame. Um, it, he's hoping to maybe resurrect a bit of a stalled career in vancouver uh he'll probably take on bigger minutes uh hopefully escape the defense first dogma that is the islander system um so you know there's some upside there adu Radi is is good young prospect uh probably gonna break in relatively soon well he's been playing for a good chunk of the year uh in new york but he's having like a kind of a humdrum rookie season He's fine. Well, at one point he was considered a odds on number one pick Mm -hmm. and his draft year was pretty underwhelming over in Finland. So he slipped into the second round. Uh, He had kind of a blistering start to his professional career in the minors. And then like he, he looks the part of an NHLer. Mm. It's just yet to be determined. What level of NHLer is he a, Top six, middle six, bottom six. Early analysis says middle six at best. Hmm. But you know he's but, in the NHL because he's got a blonde girlfriend. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, that's apparently every single NHLer dates a Swedish supermodel. Like I didn't at some. Point, I don't know yeah. how that happens, but there and, and or that there were that many of them. But you know, kudos. It's like. You get drafted and they hand you one. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you could go the route of Mike Fisher and like settle for Carrie Underwood. Yeah, what a bummer. I know, right? What, yeah. Like, just how could you do that to yourself? Yeah, like she's been waiting all day for Monday night, and like <laughs> he's like, "But I play on Tuesday." Yeah. 
uh, Horvat then shortly thereafter signed a deal, eight years, eight point five million per. Uh, Lou Lamorello uh, remarked that the deal was too long and too much money, which is great because it's both him like deadpanning, but also saying what he actually fucking thinks. Yeah, and you know, you've as we approach a new CBA coming up here, um. And, you know, bargaining on both sides will be very tough, as it always is between the NHLPA and the NHL. Um, We, one of the things that I'm pretty sure the ownership will go for is shorter max deals, like Mm -hmm. five years if you sign a player, six years if they're already on your team sort of thing. Um, in the long run, that could actually end up making players more money, um, but it's it has less of an appeal from a, um, a safety net sort of standpoint. Mm-hmm. But like, whoever signs an eight year deal that like works out for both parties, you know, it, it. I think the Stamkos one is looking pretty good right now. Okay. Yeah. Sure. But, I mean, outside of that, it's only those elite players that sign those deals and it works out. The smartest thing the NHL did or NHL execs did was they were like, oh, I can sign these guys for eight years. Okay, why don't I do that after the expiration of their rookie contract? Mm -hmm. Have them through their best years. And then we'll see where they're at when they're 31. That was was the... the (laughs) You know that wasn't started by Ken Holland because it was intelligent. Well, and it takes the right player to get eight years at the end of a rookie contract. Like, you know, those players that get eight years at the end of a rookie contract today are the the Jason Robertsons, the Kel more yeah, Kel McCarr, Moritz Sider kind of guys. Like, oh yeah, they're the kind of players. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see uh, what. Um, what happens with this deal i mean in the current cap climate it seems like a lot but the cap is expected to go up here pretty soon so maybe it's not as you know bad as people think it is but it it feels like a lot of money to give somebody on a very obvious career year um you don't see Mm -hmm. players often take the leap at 29 or 27 i think he's 20 he's 27 mm-hmm. so like you don't often see the, the the leap happen that late in your career but yeah who knows what about like 34 didn't happen for me asking for a friend it didn't happen for oh, me so kind of an addition to a story we talked about last week with ivan Provorov's, you know homophobia we'll mm-hmm. just say what it is yep you know, I respect everybody's choice, except I clearly don't respect this one. Well, and, you know, that's you did title the episode last week, Homophobia. So, yeah, I, you can probably just call it that. Snakes and homophobia. <laughs> yeah. I, he could be a snake. And maybe I was referring to that. Uh, anyways. Ambiguity, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Take your best guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. We don't even need to uh, go to another state for this next story because it's right there in New York. Well, Unlike the NFL both the NHL franchises play in New York. Play in New York. <laughs> it's the New Jersey Jets versus <laughs> the New Jersey Giants. Right, exactly. So the the New York Rangers had a pride night, and then they kind of didn't. Yeah, they kind of got less prideful about it, uh, very quietly stashing their pride jerseys that were advertised and supposed to be auctioned off. For charity, for uh, LGBTQ plus charities. Yeah, they very nonchalantly just didn't wear them as a team uh, for warmies as they were marketing towards everyone else all year long. Yeah. Uh, why do we even need a pride night? Um, Because it's always your night. Shut mm-hmm. the fuck up. <laughs> and one wonders, you know, who exactly signed off on this uh considering that James Dolan is the owner and, but the market is New York, you know, but uh, 
Gary Bettman, in his comments later to reporters, let it slip that it was players. So, you know, the decision was made as a team to shield those players from the kind of heat that Pravravravrav was made to to feel after his, you know, shameful but at least out in the open decision to uh, you know, to boycott the warm up with with the pride jersey on. Yeah, and I'm really happy that like even those players who may be sympathetic or uh pro lgbtq plus were like you know what my buddy here deserves a break yeah and i do understand somewhat like that you want to be you know pro team pro whatever but it's a workplace you know it's your team chemistry is just kind of a feature of the sport like this is your job this is your office you know, if you make decisions like that, you're doing so with the intent to shield certain people from consequences that, you know, other professionals wouldn't or couldn't be shielded in that same way. Like, you know, you or I, if we were doing some sort of pride thing and, and we decided, hey, we're not going to do it, like people would know people would judge us for that. Um, so, yeah. It's I'm sure there are people in that room that are pissed off about it. Like, I'm sure I'd even be willing to bet that more than half of them think that's BS. I don't know. But as a silent majority, if you will. Yeah. At least you want to think that. Yeah. I mean, we keep hearing and, and keep saying like, hey, if you actually knew what a lot of the players personal sentiments are, you would be horrified. But uh yeah, this is entire, you know, this is bullshit all around. It's bullshit for Gary to go to bat for them and for them to slink away from their commitment to uh, diversifying the sport just because of a couple players' opinions. I mean, it, they keep doing it. They did it also with relation to this uh, uh job fair that they were going to have around the all-star game that was going to be for basically everyone but the most it was going to be a job fair for everyone but the most represented group in hockey white men it's basically for women minorities whatever and under pressure from ron DeSantis and tucker carlson and fox news waystar royco whatever you have it, that whole machine, like they, they fold it. The league needs to have some backbone, stand up to these people instead of just backing off of something that in effect will grow the game. Yeah. And the thing that corporations and the NHL don't really realize is that the memories of those who are being harmed are much longer than the memories of those who are doing the harming. No, definitely. So in six months, the GOP war machine will sign some other group up to be lambasted. (laughs) It's only a matter of time. The eye of Sauron, that is the GOP will eventually move, but the eye of like, of equity remains affixed yeah and these people that you will at some point have to court to be fans of your game will remember this whereas ron DeSantis has already forgotten about it (laughs) matt getz is busy muff diving on a 14 year old and so like he has already forgotten and so, like, and I'm keeping that one. Marjorie Taylor Greene <laughs> never actually comprehended. Did you see her Cruella DeVille outfit tonight? No. <laughs> yeah, she looked like a fucking extra from 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> I couldn't tell if she was going for Cruella DeVille or a Dalmatian, but uh, looks can be deceiving either way. This is all to say that our next story is about the NHL ratings drop. <laughs> yeah. And, and, well, fancy that, huh? Yeah. Uh, and... The the NHL ratings drop has been it, it is 
it has been publicized despite the fact that a lot of the numbers are very deceiving. Sure. Uh, ESPN and TNT were throwing games up against Sunday night football and yeah, nobody beats the NFL. Uh, not even the NFL. <laughs> you can't go up against that NFL juggernaut and hope to win. And so the lower ratings for those games, if you take those games out of the, the equation, their numbers are actually a little bit higher uh, than mm-hmm. last season. Yeah, um, on a per presented game basis, sometimes they do pretty well. But on the whole, numbers are down something like 22% year over year from last year. Um, and there's just the drum that cannot be beaten enough about these damn regional blackouts. Like, if we in Portland can't turn on our ESPN Plus subscription and watch fucking seattle kraken what do you want us to do as fans like yeah maybe we don't want to pay for a cable package so sue us we're millennials that's what we do like market to the fans that want to watch your product and they will come if you make it harder for them to watch a game they'll do what a lot of us do and just go on the uh you know the cracked back water streams of the internet and wade through 15 pop-up ads and just like tons of poorly photoshopped fake titties to watch hockey like and speaking of the that thought from the league the fucking board ads yeah also awful yeah it is always great to see somebody get spilled into the boards and then watch the screen crackle in front of you (laughs) yeah it looks like shit it makes the on ice product actively worse harder to track like it would be one thing if they were just static but if they're not you know screwing with you trying to follow the play they're distracting you with like a zooming car going the opposite direction of the play or something (laughs) and it does make for some kind of funny things when the player looks like he's gotten taken out by the uh the dog that's running up the side of the boards, but yeah, get rid of that shit. It's it. The tech is bad. It doesn't look good. Just stop it. Bring back the Fox tracks (laughs) and (laughs) and fuck your board ads. Right. You know, use that technology to bring more digital advertisement in other areas. Like some of the, on ice ads, I think are digitally superimposed yeah. and like we don't mind those as much because they're static. They're not distracting. Um, People can skate through them and not disappear. <laughs> exactly. And you know, the other thing that is definitely leading to lower ad revenue and lower numbers is um, who is bad this year. It's a lot of major markets. Chicago is actively tanking. Montreal is, still rebuilding um toronto's doing toronto things two of the three california teams suck uh yeah it florida's it, not very good this year right it's not a great year for marquee franchises to be putting up big numbers outside of maybe boston um philadelphia they're in the shedder you know it all five people in Arizona that follow the team like aren't watching. And if they are watching, they're at Mullet Arena having a fucking great time, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or fighting with Boston fans and biting off their fingers. Yeah, but uh, Bally Sports also isn't helping the cause. Uh, they're going through a bankruptcy. And also, they can't get their fucking white balance right. Like, if you look at any Bally Sports broadcast, it looks like a Christopher Nolan Batman film. It's like cold completely too blue amateurs have fixed it with adobe premiere or whatever and made it much much more watchable it's actually just embarrassing that like a national televised publication can't just make the on-camera product from a camera technology perspective look presentable when some like film students can 
Yeah, I think there's a multimedia class at the school I work at that has been working on this, probably. Like, it's like, Multimedia 285, how to fix Bally Sports shitty presentation. (laughs) And it's a bummer, because the Red Wings play on Bally Sports almost every game. (laughs) Uh, But at least then I get Ken Daniels and Mickey Redmond. So, Uh, yeah, Overall, I think the NHL is doing fine. And now that Sunday night football is over, I think we'll see a drastic improvement in those ratings and they'll probably get up to or close to where they were last year. This is for me kind of a nothing burger. Uh, The NHL has a seven year contract with TNT and ESPN. So they have five years left to fix whatever it is and kind of work with ESPN and TNT to say, hey, Maybe don't put us up against Monday night for Sunday night football. Yeah, but also from a perspective of they don't do the same things that they haven't been doing for the last 20, 30 years, like competently marketing marketing star players, um, putting any of their products like out in interesting places where they might not otherwise be. You know, the NHL has definitely taken a back seat even more so over our watching careers to the major sports in terms of revenue that like than they had back then. So like year over year, the growth of every other major sport in terms of revenue just smokes the NHL, which has gone up. Yes. But compared with the NFL's meteoric rise in that time frame, and like, you know, a decent rise from like baseball, like the NHL can't even get its act together well enough to compete with baseball on like an exciting sport level. Yeah. And, um, if you haven't watched a baseball game lately, uh, outside of the playoffs, it's what I call nap time. (laughs) Uh, the NHL has a far superior TV product and still can't get its shit together and part of that is gary bettman's fault and we've been doing a lot of gary bashing and that's because it's well deserved because this motherfucker got a lifetime achievement award yeah like i recognize that he has presented some form of leadership through some trials and tribulations for the league but one has to think that he's maybe replacement level league face i don't know so gary's gary's lifetime achievement award yeah uh sponsored by lee dungarees for his penchant for dad jeans dads everywhere can look up to gary bettman as a model to follow be mediocre for 30 plus years (laughs) and still be looked up to for some fucking reason (laughs) that's that's poetry right there that oh you see that guy over there yeah the guy he's he's actively on meth yeah that's my dad <laughs> but he's been around for 30 years <laughs> how how was how was he as a father oh <laughs> we don't talk about it much and uh that's what uh, uh brett hall says oh yeah uh yeah you know. if we could give the opposite of a lifetime achievement award that's probably what would go to bobby hull uh who was his credit good at hockey um but he was a bad person he was good at one thing yeah scoring congratulations goals. uh and and you know being an nhl star for his era but uh yeah it, he you know, he has strained relationships with his children beat many wives um his daughter turned into a lawyer for abused women because yeah. of her dad yeah uh and, you know, Brett Hull has not really talked glowingly about the guy. Um, he once reportedly uh, said some pro-Nazi things in a Russian newspaper. That account was somewhat disputed. Um, but no one said that, like, that's not something that he would have said. And <laughs> nobody was like, there's no way Bobby Hull. Yeah was a nazi lover um it was like oh that was misquoted right and the uh the accounts of his uh domestic violence 
are harrowing. It's insane that someone that was found or accused of doing these things was trotted out the way he has been by the Chicago franchise. But, well, he's been trotted out by the Chicago franchise for better or worse for 20 some odd years now. I will say this. I think that they're response was to his passing was a little muted especially comparing like comparing it to like stan makita's passing or uh esposito i think Mm -hmm. yeah um they put his number on the ice they wore game patches and stickers on their helmets and all this and they're not doing that with bobby hull no but they also are only not doing that because of the pushback that they've received for the last 10 years right but i mean they may have actually learned something like at least in this like one small microscopic way they didn't go as far as they did for other heroes of that era and maybe that says something about somebody in there maybe rocky Wirtz's kid <laughs> was like who one of those women that they trotted out at the draft maybe, yeah um... one of the binders full of women <laughs> yeah was like, you know what, uh, maybe we don't go all out for this guy because he was, you know, probably a Nazi and, yeah. or sorry, Nazi lover, my bad. No, you know, you don't have to be a Nazi lover to be a Nazi. Look at all those punk bands from the 80s, you know. <laughs> Either way, I, I this is a, a key representation of all those times when people on the right don't allow themselves to take the good with the bad. Like, you can say Bobby Hull was an excellent hockey player. That's okay. But to eschew commenting on the other seems really suspicious and really, uh, like, it's very calculated. Mm. Um, And I feel, and I think I, I wrote this on our Twitter, it was like, you know, to to say Bobby Hull was an excellent hockey player is fine, but to it like it shows your angle and shows your bias if you don't also talk about the other things because in this case the other things are really bad. Yeah, like and and just horrifyingly it's, bad. It's not like he threw a cup of water on a lady. Yeah, like, right. He's he's beaten several of them in his life uh, threatened with firearms yeah like, like stalked around the house with a shotgun while his kids were hiding under a bed like this he's he's a demonstrative awful person and and a lot of people like had bad in-person meetings with the guy you know there's lots of stories of him just being a drunk asshole um yeah. so I, I i feel like it's just a it's just a misconception that you can only talk about like hey george washington best dude ever first president you know he had slaves right fuck you that's we're not here to talk about the bad we need to talk about the bad right and that's doesn't take away from his on ice accomplishments like he still has the stats to show that he was an excellent hockey player Mm -hmm. it does take away from him as a person and you know, like we need to talk about both of those in order to have an actual healthy mindset and representation of the history that we are following and are creating. Yeah. And uh, just to bring this back to Gary this is a good place to point out that the NHL still does not have a defined domestic abuse policy. They've dealt with their domestic abuse scandals kind of as one offs, whereas it would probably be good to get something specifically on the books. Uh, in my opinion, when you have incidents like Slava Voinov or uh, Mike Ribeiro, you know, in the relatively recent rearview mirror. Um, Austin Watson. Yeah, exactly. You know, Austin Watson is a prime example because it's like, okay, you need to deal with this more harshly and. Uh, they didn't. So, you know, yeah, they need a policy. They need to deal with this. You could name it after Bobby Hall. You know, they love to name shit after old players. Like <laughs> yeah, we've got a like, Selkie award. Yeah, How about right. the well, Bobby no. Hall domestic abuse policy? Yeah. From things that are toxic to things that are poisonous. So Robin Lehner, we've got an update about uh, snakes on a plane himself. But snakes and probably like 
a camper van right now because <laughs> yeah. he's got creditors. So uh, fewer planes. So he owes $27.3 million to creditors, which is less than what was originally quoted. Uh, I think because of his filing, it could be anywhere from like 10 to 50 million. And it turns out it's 27.3. Sort of like how snakes can expand to eat prey. We're calling this the anaconda effect. <laughs> A large portion of this debt is related to his solar company called Solar Code, which super strange for an NHL player to have a solar company. I mean, maybe if that's like a pet project and whatnot, but like. Uh, it's probably just a way to like try and absorb government uh, subsidies. I don't know. Yeah, it it maybe does illustrate like an effort on his part to do something interesting and, and meaningful. I mean, no one will say that Robin Lehner doesn't care. Like, oh, absolutely. And so. um I don't know. I think this goes in the sort of like positive checkmark category. Yeah. yeah. And again, we said this last week or last episode. We're not critiquing Robin Lehner as a person here. He's very clearly a, an outspoken champion of many things that we find near and dear. This is just really funny. Well, and it, I mean, it also does sort of demonstrate like, the other side of mental health. Like, right. you gotta think that these decisions were not exactly made of sound mind and body, <laughs> or at least you want to think that. I, I mean, mean, the dude fucking loves reptiles. Like, sure. that's apparent, right? Sure. <laughs> like, but how do you sell your wife on a snake farm in Missouri? Like, I want to know what that... How do you sell a, a loved one on anything in Missouri? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I got nothing. Yeah. Um, Just like Missouri. The <laughs> We got an arch. Cool, man. I love that the they're proud of the arch, but the arch is like a representation of where people gathered to leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. they're like, it, we're getting the fuck out of here. Let's use this as a staging point. The RL Exotics, which is Robin Lehner's snakes, his, is the listed value for it in the... The deposition was unknown. That's a really poorly run company when you don't know the value of it. Yeah, I think it depends on like what the fighting value of these snakes or something. Or <laughs> I, I if I don't even think I'd want to watch a snake fight. Like two boa constrictors just laying in a ring, like doing yeah. nothing. Yeah, it might be fucking days long. <laughs> like, and then like, like one of them a- moves, and they're like, ah! Ah! and then it just like goes back to sleep, and you're like, somebody get the heat lamps. <laughs> And then finally, um, I had good intentions to buy a snake farm. No, we talked last week about how we are making sure that ne- neither one of us buys a snake farm. Okay, I was just checking. Yeah. Oh, that. Thank you. That. You know, I love your proactive friendship. I really appreciate it. No, I had plans to watch part of the All Star Game festivities, and I didn't. I didn't watch a single fucking moment. Yeah, it was kind of weird. The jerseys that I thought were going to look kind of cool looked kind of dumb on the ice. It kind of was hard to tell who was who. Like the 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 seafoam green ones, I think, were my favorite. Yeah, as a design, like on paper, they looked cool. But like on human beings playing hockey, they looked weird. And I don't know. That's the litmus test for me, I guess. I'm sure there are lots of like jersey beatniks that would disagree with me. Accuracy competition was kind of cool. They like shot side by side in the final. And so that was pretty cool. Like, I don't know, made it into a more of a competition. Um, the dunk tank was fun because dunk tanks are always fun is what I've learned. They're never um, not fun. Yeah. We did a dunk tank like at my church when I was a kid and we did a dunk tank at my office recently. All the partners uh, took turns getting dunked by their employees and it's like oh this is like the closest that anyone can get in america to like an equitable workplace um no it's like capitalism yeah it, it dunk tanks always work so to see you know players getting dunked by their teammates was was great trevor zegris and troy stetcher got into it verbally on the ice and had to be uh restrained by officials when trevor zegris said something that pissed troy stetcher way the hell off and uh troy stetcher is a 
typically mild-mannered dude. And immediately internet sleuths were like, oh, he said something about his dead dad. And it's like, one, his dad died three years ago. Like, obviously it still sucks. But I don't think Trevor Zegras is picking up on that as a means of chirping Troy Stetcher. Yeah, that's like... That's like Kobe Bryant levels of like maniacally knowing your your opponent and like Trevor Zegras is fine, but I would I don't know I I would not expect him to like mine that deep into someone's personal life or even like be cognizant of whether his parents were alive or dead. Yeah. <laughs> like could he, could he learn that on Chell? No, then <laughs> yeah. he's not gonna know it. And so yeah the strange thing about this is that Troy Stetcher in fact had to come out and say uh, through the team but the team said no Troy said that wasn't what he said okay we believe you but also what, what did he say yeah like did he like was it some all-time own like probably made I'm, fun of his dog I'm rubber you're glue whatever you say to me bounces off and sticks to you did he say like you can put ketchup on a Chicago hot dog why you would ever even eat a Chicago hot dog is beyond me. Oh, Chicago hot dogs are great. They're fucking terrible. I, I think uh, uh, I would eat a Costco hot dog over a Chicago hot dog. <laughs> I mean, a Costco hot dog, you're allowed to put ketchup on. Yeah. That's why it's better. <laughs> Round one fight. Mm-hmm. Ketchup. Oh, sorry, Chicago. <laughs> Not only is your pizza overrated, but your hot dogs suck. Well, nobody eats Chicago deep dish pizza there like did i when i was home yes but that's the only time as like a chicago and you would eat deep dish pizza is like when your tourist family members are visiting or like when every once in a while you're like yeah i want want some gigantic deep pie experience and because it it's not really yeah pizza is maybe a bit of a misnomer it is maybe more of like a cheesy meat pie See, if they had called it cheesy meat pie, I'm way, I'm in. <laughs> like, Suddenly Jake is in on but Chicago. If it, but if it's pizza like, and I can't pick it up, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, also, go fuck yourself. Uh, Le Piss Baby Supreme. For our Canadian listeners, that is uh, Le Piss Baby Supreme with an E in the end. Yes. Supreme. Uh, that sounded Eastern European. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, Jordan Bennington, who is... Probably the biggest turd in the NHL outside of the homophobic racist ranks, which hell he might be that too. I don't know. Yeah, um, but it just in in terms of like on ice, yeah, heel antics in on um, ice deme- demeanor, he is the biggest turd of them all. Um, like who it was against the Avs mm-hmm. and some uh, uh, a ruckus started in the corner and of course jordan bennington felt the need to like get in on it right with his giant marshmallow pads and it's fun like during the highlight you watch the highlight of it and you watch georgiev come out of his net and start skating towards center and the ref turns and goes no get the fuck back to your crease <laughs> which is exactly what they should yeah. do and, and he was like okay <laughs> and, like turned back around yeah, you can tell Georgiev is like, I don't particularly care about this. But also, he felt like personally offended that Bennington was just acting like a baby. It was it was a chance for him to fight Jordan Bennington. Like That's every goalie's dream. It's like <laughs> Stanley Cup, Vesna, fight Jordan Bennington. Uh, that, these are your goals, Jake. This isn't every goalie. I'm not even a goalie. <laughs> You're just, uh, I think you're projecting a little. I'm just, a, I'm just a boy. <laughs> just a small town boy. <laughs> Born and raised in South Detroit. Canada, Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Georgiev took to giving the, the press conference, giving him shit for being himself and just kind of throwing a fit and, and kind of egging Georgiev on like he might fight, but then obviously never coming to fruition because well that would probably be like on top of the the fucking episode if jordan bennington actually fought somebody it would have been great if like chara had gotten a hold of him at one point (laughs) just like or 
Dustin Bufflin. Like, yeah, someone that just can just like punch through the, go- the goalie like padding. Like, like, just like like breaks his knee by punching his his leg protector and his like you just watch his knee fold the opposite way. Right, like the punch equivalent of a fucking anti tank round. <laughs> it's like speaking about injuries though uh this one sucks mallory suliotis break broke her femur yeah that's, uh, in, that sucks that's uh, that's supposed to be very painful is what i'm it's i've been told it's a huge break of the human body it takes a long time to heal uh, obviously suliotis is going to be out for the rest of the phf season um massive br- uh, blow for the whale who yeah. s- uh, s- swooped in on her uh when her contract with Boston expired uh, and was, you know, counting on her to be a stalwart at the back end and as well as on the power play. Um, This kind of fell through the cracks of the long gap between episode 73 and episode 74. Mm. And I, I saw her tweet about promising she said she promised her mom that she wouldn't do a lot of couch shopping <laughs> and that she was failing i was like and i thought like oh recovery couch shopping oh okay she and then like shopping from the couch or shopping yeah, for a new couch you know what T- tbd um gotcha but then i went back and I, I saw it again i was like oh shit she broke her femur oh wow that's like that's a huge 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 thing to come back from so not like oh my god she'll never play again but like it's gonna take a while yeah and i so, just hear I, I keep thinking and saying ow to myself oh, yeah. like when when you whenever you say femur i say ow femur ow femur ow femur ow uh yeah it <laughs> sounds like a like a 80s russian player player <laughs> <laughs> we've got ivan femur ow here <laughs> now is that a uh, a hockey player or a pharmaceutical uh the the, the purdue company is proud to present femorow <laughs> yeah right it's where instead of giving you a pill that addicts you for the rest of your life they just come to your house and break your fucking leg <laughs> and then give you the pill that yeah. addicts you for the rest of your life i was thinking femorow is like like fix a flat for your femur what if what if purdue had like been going around the country with like hit squads like breaking people's bones specifically so they had to take painkillers somehow they would get it out of the news cycle magically yeah uh and never go to prison for it but yeah uh mallory suliot is probably on a decent amount of painkillers um and the only winner in this situation are her cats in good women's hockey news and good uh, jersey news oh yeah if you if you are in the market for a phf kit have i got a deal for you and also, just like, look at this, New York Rangers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a honestly, it's a fucking rad jersey. It's awesome. Uh, the Montreal Force uh, wore Indigenous women's jerseys uh, designed by Indigenous artist uh, Ganadio Jada Hopper. Uh, the jerseys were auctioned off in support of indigenous char- or charities that support indigenous causes in the uh, in the Quebec province. Hopper, the artist, says that the jerseys were designed to show support uh, for women in general and the power of women. But the woman figure on the jersey was uh, in red in support of missing and murdered indigenous women in the in throughout canada um and was an opportunity for the the artist to raise up voices of those who voices of raised up the voices of those whose voices were stolen yeah that's a you know really poignant cause and i'm glad that this team was able to bring awareness to it um it it's something that we can't talk enough about is this really under the radar but uh, crisis level crisis of missing and murdered indigenous women in canada um between residential schools and uh you know reservation systems and whatnot indigenous people have faced cultural genocide and this is only you know one aspect of it but finding and uh 
finding out the stories of people that have been frankly disappeared by a system that that doesn't value their lives enough um it's an important cause for hockey to step forward and talk about because of its you know immediate proximity to hockey i mean we have hockey hall of famers that have been that were part of indigenous schools so like you know this is an important topic and and i'm glad that that the Montreal force were able to address it in such a meaningful and awesome looking way in year one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing says, uh, raise awareness for a cause than more so than creating an awesome fucking Jersey for it. (laughs) Yeah. And you really like put the conversation into a different place when you bring attention to it through a piece of artwork that, looks amazing like mm-hmm. th- you know it's not a press release it's not a badly misguided town hall appearance it's it's a piece of artwork that stands alone and it's also giving business directly to that community so yeah kudos to them um also uh staying in canada rick westhead uh released a uh, wrote released an article i'm gonna say wrote an article yeah that yeah. seems a lot release it's <laughs> released a new, release released a, released a new lp on the <laughs> sounds of science no um new rick westhead mixtape dropped it's a banger unfortunately uh the greater toronto hockey league has confirmed that it's uh, officials contacted york regional police and hockey canada's third-party investigators after learning in October that several U18 Toronto Titans players had allegedly posted dozens of homophobic slurs and death threats on a team group chat. I am sometimes glad that our generation did not have group chats for, like, sports teams growing up. Because, uh, hey, maybe we would have seen some of this type of shit, too. But it does also just speak to the inherent flashpoint that is hockey culture and that is sports culture for these types of bigotry. And, uh, the more that we can do to recognize that it's systemic and that we need to kind of deal with it straight on and, and find strategies to deal with it, the better off we'll be and the less of it will have to boil to the surface like that. The police thought to get involved with this is probably good that that we're talking about it now is good but that it exists and that you know the proverbial muckraker of the nhl rick westhead had to get involved and write about it like it shows just how not far below the surface this type of thing is yeah how like just because a just because it has to go a little bit underground doesn't mean it's that far away. Like we just watched Ivan Provorov refuse to wear a Jersey cause it had a rainbow on it. I need to like, make a stand to show that certain people need to be marginalized instead of celebrated. You are kind of with progress or you're against it. That's just kind of how it works. And, and history has shown that being against progress doesn't age well. No, it doesn't. We're going to, I'm sure we're going to hear more about this in the coming days and weeks. Details are a little kind of dicey at this point, not dicey, but kind of just still starting to form. Right. And like, what is exactly the crime that's committed here other than probably threats? Who knows? Obviously somebody on this team has been, been pretty maligned and you know, we'll, 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 comment further on this as as more details arise but um just stop it (laughs) yeah like i it's it's okay to not hate people like you don't have to have enemies Mm -hmm. because they're mostly created in your own mind like we create enemies so we have something to rally around but like stop it like it's 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 so much easier to not be a hateful 
twat. Like it's <laughs> it's so much easier to just like either a not have an opinion or b accept. Like then you don't have to walk around being like, oh god, ugh. did you just see the drag queens were out and about again? Um, there's an agenda. Like, they're they're taking our germs. Yeah, or you could just be like, oh, a drag queen, and go about the rest of your day. Yeah, right. It, it's really fucking easy. It turns out. Like you can't that that is a valid thought. Like oh that drag queen looks all crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, okay. You, you've observed accurately. That's the point. Yeah. Congrats. Um, <laughs> Their makeup is just decadent. Uh, okay. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, sir. Enjoy the rest of your day. Speaking of players <laughs> that are uh, loosely associated with homophobic slurs, uh, part of the Kyle Beach scandal. As well as other incidents, Mr. Kane. Yeah, and and players that uh, haven't also particularly aged well. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, reportedly on the trade block for oh the last two years, have been reportedly tendered with a shopping list of locations that they could be dealt to, sort of like they're being sold timeshares. I imagine they like suckered them into a room with like a ruse. Oh yeah, you know we have a we got a special interview for you up here. Johnny, come on in. And it's like, all right, we could send you to sunny Florida. We could send you to not sunny Winnipeg. <laughs> the the quote about uh, uh, Josh Morrissey, they asked him what his beach attire was. And he goes, well, I play in Winnipeg and there's not really beach days there. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading an article the other day about how Patrick Kane, or it was a, a snippet in an article I was reading about the trade deadline and Patrick Kane and his agent were talking and they're like, yeah, we'll maybe say something about this. Like right as the deadline approaches, like I have a feeling that Kane and Taves are going to just walk down their contracts. Yeah. I think the only way that they're sold on some place is if this other place is willing to, tender them a new deal and if it is truly someplace where they like want to go and retire and it's also chicago <laughs> yeah and it's a cup contender maybe like i don't see taves having a whole ton of value for a whole lot of franchises at this point unless you're like colorado and you just need some guy that can win face-offs because well the dude can still win face-offs He's um, had a solid year, like for sure. him. He's definitely not the player he once was, but no, he's um, he's had a bit of a renaissance this year. Yeah, and and he is truly like a five tool type player. Kane, on the other hand, he's got a great arm from the outfield. <laughs> yeah, uh, he can field. Kane, on the other hand, probably has more service life in him as a scorer. Seems like he's had a down year. And, you know, could be valuable on a three-year deal or something like that. I mean, he's probably looking for five. I don't know. I don't know what these guys are going to command because, at least to me, they seem like kind of washed up, diminishing returns kind of players. So I'm interested to see if they decide to choose. Uh, also, this is the anniversary of my uh, unfandom of the chicago hockey team uh thanks to mr wirtz's uh, surprise tirade in the wake of the kyle beach scandal showing that they ain't learned shit uh and yeah the kraken are better yeah way better <laughs> and i just i feel like there's no fucking way gary bettman lets chicago have Connor bedard yeah if uh spitting chicklets is to be believed um the tank is in to not bring Connor to the Blackhawks because Gary's angry. I think he's going to Anaheim or Arizona. Well, I mean, they that's, also have the best outright chances to win the yeah, that's the pick at this point. But, I think Columbus uh, does. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dark Horse. Yeah, Dark Horse. God, I hope he doesn't go to Columbus. This has been your Tankathon update. Yeah, well, we said we weren't going to talk about it. Sponsored by the... A1 Abrams heading to Ukraine right now. Sponsored by Dylan Strom, who has re-signed with the Caps. He's getting a five-year, $5 million per deal. Speaking of castaway Blackhawks. Yeah, of which 
many of the NHL are. Yeah, these days. <laughs> When, uh, when you had a fire sale, yes. Yeah. Uh, who's Kirby Doc? I don't know. Where is he? We don't know. Um, Actually, doing really well in Montreal this year, like looking like a core piece of their future rebuild. Uh, so yeah, Dylan Strom has impressed the Caps brass enough to where they were like, "Actually, you're the youngest player on our team." So yeah, you're resigned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they think he's a rookie. Yeah, <laughs> Dylan, get the coffee. How many grandkids do you have? None? What? Sign on the sign on the dotted line. Dylan's like, guys, I'm 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 30. <laughs> <laughs> He's got himself some uh, some stability out there in the nation's capital. Uh five by five by five is no joke. Like that's a that's a healthy contract. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, good for him for finding a a a landing spot after the everything went away in Chicago. Yeah, and Washington is like kind of a sneaky buyer here he's got some good le- years left to him and then they also um tendered sunny milano a real nhl deal um so kudos to the capitals for kind of like finding some proverbial gems in the haystack you know some people get run out of gr- out of town and some people get put into a health ward for <laughs> put into the ground yeah uh, well, and we've we've seen a couple of notables uh, have year-ending injuries uh, joining the likes of Zach Wierenski. Ilya Mikhaev uh, shut it down for the year and was really open about it. Yeah, he uh, he tore his ACL or like had a partial tear of his ACL and was playing through it. And there had been some stories coming out of the Vancouver media because, of course, they have nothing but good things to write about that, like, they were mishandling his injury situation because they mishandled some other players' injury situations. And uh, he came out and said, like, no, I, you know, actually, they did a good job here. I knew what I was doing, was playing through this injury that was he knew he needed to get surgery on, but wasn't going to really get any worse, he didn't think. And uh, so he decided that it was time to shut down to be ready for training camp next year so he could get the surgery and be done. But yeah, the the amount of wounded seems to be piling up here. Uh, Poor Gus Nyquist out for the year, as is Cole Caulfield, unfortunately, for enjoyers of goals and fantasy points. Um, That's a major blow for a Montreal team that, frankly, knows what they have in him at this point. Like, yeah, now that they have a coach who knows what the hell to do with him. Yeah, he looks like he's going to be one of the star players in that team for the foreseeable future. So why not just let the rest of your farm team run rampant and get guys experience and like try again next year? Trying this year, you know, we're talking about a bunch of players who are done for the year. The Bruins, on the other hand had a bunch of guys who were going to be missed for the first half of the year. And people were like, oh, is this the year the Bruins take a step back? Like, how are they going to survive without Brad Marchand? How are they going to survive without Charlie McAvoy? Um, They're really good. (laughs) Yeah, they they turned out just fine. Yeah, they. it took them until just before the All-Star game to lose two games in a row. That's how good they are. Crazy. That's a stupidly good season already they i i don't think they've locked in a playoff spot just yet but i think they're like very close to have locking in a place money puck has them at 100 percent. right like that's not surprising but i mean like mathematically absolutely guaranteed a playoff spot yeah they they're not officially a lock as of yet but like but they're very very close <laughs> so good for them you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see how this plays out. Cause like, I'm not a Boston sports guy. I'm not an anti Boston sports guy, but this is a really good story with like the possible last hurrah mm-hmm. of this extremely talented and dedicated group in Boston. Yeah. And Netflix finally has a subject for last dance too. Right, yeah. And it's like just Brad Marchand licking people. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brad Marchand licked me, and I took it personally. Um, <laughs> it will be interesting to see how this plays out. Obviously, we've got a long way to go. But 
I think there is a lot of uh, intrigue, and I think there's just like good vibes around yeah. Boston this year. Well, I mean, if you talk to Boston fans, they are absolutely pumped, but also they're like, okay, wait, really? How good are we? And uh, no, this can't possibly last. But they're <laughs> like also- the, the other two emotions that follow, like, yeah, this fucking rocks. Yeah, that happens to me like every time our our roller team wins a game. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh man, how good are we? And then the next week we beat eat, beat eleven to two, and I'm like, oh, this couldn't last. I mean, I do that every time we like score a goal or get a lead. Uh, so someone that's been scoring a lot of goals, especially this year, Rasmus Dahlin, uh, he is also pumped. He penned a uh, open letter to Buffalo saying uh, that him on him and the rest of the Sabres are starting to feel it. They, they feel Buffalo's excitement. They're getting excited. Um, quote unquote, we believe in what we have here and there is nowhere else we would rather be. End quote. Um, is that a shot at a certain somebody you think? Uh, his first name is Jack and his last name rhymes with Eichel. <laughs> Jack Smichael. Uh, Yes, uh, I think it's absolutely a shot over the uh, like a shot at Jack Eichel. And honestly, I hope they keep that sort of like hatred going. Yes, absolutely, because it fuels them. (laughs) And like Jack Eichel knows that when he opened up his big mouth, he opened himself up to this type of thing coming back and he can take it like an adult. Um, It also featured just this great rap of like hockey nicknames typed out which i was like kind yeah. of funny it, it sort of reminded me of uh matt damon like riffing off all of his fake siblings in goodwill hunting <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh so it, like you can only say this in like the letter kenny voice like oh you're a fucking beauty oh you got tomer and mitzi and cuzzy and jokey and sammy and bryce and aspie and vic Kevin and and then he's talking about the front office. You got Kevin and Donnie and Oki. Like if I talked about my bosses like that, even in Portland, Oregon, they'd probably be like, yeah, "Fuck you, yeah. <laughs> go away." But right. uh, yeah, it uh, like yeah, Oki, Oki, he's a good guy. Oh, he's a great guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Oki over there. So I don't know, just like to have I wish a mental w- image of like Rasmus Dahlin, who I'm sure did not actually like type the keys i i don't know i i i do not believe that no he's young enough to be computer savvy and able to type without even thinking about it sure but i don't know i i always imagine that all of these like players tribune stories are like not ghostwritten but dictated and so i just like the mental image of rasmus dalian like dictating these team nate tomer yeah that's with two m's (laughs) yeah yeah, not not Tommen, the king from Game of Thrones that killed himself. No, Tomer. <laughs> the guy spells it wrong. He's like, oh, you are spare parts, aren't you, bud? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of spare parts, this one got picked up by the Oilers. Uh, they had a uh, an emergency backup goalie situation. He wasn't technically an emergency backup goalie, but he was uh, signed for one game due to illness. The Oilers, due to Stuart Skinner's illness, signed University of Alt a goaltender Matt Berlin to back up for one of their games. Would you say it was like an airlift? <laughs> uh, there may have been a plane involved. It's pretty likely. It was probably a pretty small plane, so perhaps not on the same scale. But yeah, a, a one-man Berlin airlift was a possibility. Um, but he actually got into the game thanks to apparently, if you listen to reports, Connor McDavid's lobbying for him being put in the game which is like it's already a great story anytime an e-bug or goalie of this sort gets into a game and uh yeah that jay woodcroft was able to give connor mcdavid credit for it is like kind of to open my eyes connor mcdavid's got to be closing in kind of on like the lebron james sort of is actually the coach level. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Uh <laughs> he's not he's not officially the player coach, but he's 
pulling the strings. Yeah, he's not quite Paul Newman from Slapshot. <laughs> <laughs> but he's close there. Uh, yeah, it's... with le- Paul Newman with less foil. Yeah, I would absolutely believe that. He seems like such a class act and, and to do something cool like this for some guy that is with your team for a day. You know, like he probably gave him like a fucking penny tour of the arena like while he was there (laughs) he gave him he took him on a tour and then was like so that'll be five (laughs) dollars i've I've got to pay to get my house redecorated after i broke up with my girlfriend who was a shitty interior decorator (laughs) (laughs) oh all right Uh, i I got one more thing oh boy it's a surprise but it's to take us out we're going to ghost you like the Vermilion County Bobcats. Uh, reportedly, the Quad City Storm Pro Hockey Club of the uh, SPHL, uh, they showed up to a game and uh, their opponent didn't. Um, and they waited for two minutes, took a penalty. Or sorry, yeah, they took a two-minute penalty, waited five more minutes, and then they called the game. Apparently, this Vermilion County Bobcats... Um, their alienation starts at the top and their owner is allegedly not uh, paying the players on time. And uh, so the players didn't show up for the game and quad city storm won and forfeit. You say ghosting. So like Patrick Swayze showed up and was like helping them make yeah, he, clay uh, pots. And he actually gave the, uh, the face off for the game that never happened. Demi Moore was like awkwardly aroused by a phantasm. Like. Yeah. And you know, speaking of awkward, to add awkwardness to this, it was supposed to be a two-game homestand for the uh, maybe not long-existing Vermilion County Bobcats. Not only that, they had a skate-with-the-team event following the game that uh, the Quad City Storm did instead. <laughs> <laughs> they instead, uh, you know, took their fans out for a skate after... Their team just didn't show up. The only thing more awkward than that is the usual way in which I go about closing out episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This has been yet another episode of the Handsome Hockey Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Look at us recording in like almost back to back weeks. Like, yeah. Look at us go. We're Who we're thought? we're fucking gems. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're You're a beauty. Yeah, you're a you're a fucking the fuck the heavens are fucking beauty i treat you so good how about we go out for dim sum just you and me (laughs) fuck you shorzy (laughs) you're right there you wake up that's me right there being good to you (laughs) i mean he really isn't selling himself with that line unfortunately yeah it's cute anyways we are all over the internets uh whether you want us there or not uh, probably not. Uh, you can check out our webpage, handsomehockey.com. Follow us on Instagram, Handsome Hockey Podcast, or follow us on Twitters at Handsome Hockey. You know, you can email us like a doofus, uh, handsomehockeypod at gmail.com. Um, I have. I haven't checked our email in probably like two months because I had to block it because of all the spam we were getting. (laughs) So uh, if you have emailed us and we haven't responded, uh, blame the spam. Uh, You can also check out our handsome hockey Facebook page. Well, well, this is awkward too. This, this dead silence where uh, we're supposed to close out the show, but we, kind of sit here you're still you're still here oh you're supposed to leave we are at your house yeah i can leave yeah yeah i i was actually i was i was delaying the end of this podcast so that my wife got more time away from me (laughs) less time out the stank i'm i'm a lot (laughs) yeah if you can't tell by listening to this podcast i i can be a lot be friends with me (laughs) please (laughs) And with that, thanks everyone for listening. Take care of yourselves and stay handsome, everybody. Restez beau tout le monde.